At that time, Jesus declares, Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Welcome to Rhythms of Grace podcast. I'm Jen, and I'm here with Hannah. Hey. And if you guys are wondering, hey, why are Jen and Hannah on the podcast? <laughs> uh, we have news for you. Hannah, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of what we're what we're getting into with this? Yeah, this is um, a new podcast for us. We've never done anything like this. At all. Jen is an avid podcast listener. Yes. I dabble. I dabble in it just a little bit. So. You dabble in some audiobook too. I feel like audiobooks and podcasts are very close cousins. Yeah. Yeah, they probably are. So we we're just thinking about how 2020 is just really hard. And I have found audiobooks this year and podcasts this year, and you've always been a fan of them, and how they can really help us. Stay yeah. connected, learn, right, grow, right. When we're kind of by ourselves, um, and we thought, hey, what if we explored some of this universe together? Yeah, and I don't know if you are a fellow avid podcast consumer, you maybe have that moment when you have listened to too many episodes in a row, and you sort of start to feel like those people are your friends. That's sometimes <laughs> how you know to put down the uh, podcast app, mm-hmm. but. Here's the good news. We are your friends. We are. And that's kind of the point of this because friendship's hard in 2020. Mm-hmm. And we like talking to each other. We like talking to you guys. And we're hoping that this can just be a jumping off place for conversations in our community because Cormdeo has a community that's meant a lot to both of us. Mm-hmm. It's getting ready to be a lot more challenging. So. Yeah, because what is it, November? Yes. November, which means it's almost December, which is my birthday month. Yeah. And then my son will be born in January. Oh, boy. (laughs) It's all happening. But so much is changing, right? Like, we've been in this pandemic for, like, what, seven, eight months? Too many months. Too many. Too many months. We've seen, like, all the seasons. Literally, spring, summer, fall, and we're coming into winter. Yes. And, you know, the other things that happen in the winter is the sun is never out and it's cold all the time, which are two of my very favorite things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it makes it harder sometimes to be responsible with seeing each other in person because also there's COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that. So we're, we're really just trying to have other outlets for talking about life, staying Mm -hmm. in touch with each other, highlighting the things that are happening in our community because... Good news alert. Community still exists. It does. Looks different sometimes. It absolutely does. But there are still a lot of really good things happening among the people of this church community. Mm -hmm. And we're stoked about it. Absolutely. And even our community, our community, like the Morganton, Greater Region, 828, there's a lot going on still. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think, I mean, that's been something that's been cool for me as a, uh, new rural citizen Mm -hmm. is like seeing small towns are resilient Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people care about each other it's cool where are you from jen i'm from oklahoma city hannah 
I, I Oklahoma City is a uh, a mid-sized metropolitan area. How many people? What's that mean? See, I'm going to look silly because I don't know. Nah, we were just talking about how we should have a fact, check, yeah. fact checker for this. Maybe like, uh, you know, if I was going to guess hmm. right now, somewhere between 500,000 and a million. Yikes. It's really possible that's very wrong. That's a lot. I mean, we moved here almost three years ago from a college town, Columbia, Missouri, I'm from 30 minutes from that town. My town, my hometown, 4,000 people. Ooh. Okay. My graduating class was 121, and that was big. Really? My graduating class was 210. That's interesting. Oh, Billy's here in Burke County was like 600, but there was only two college uh, high schools in Burke County by then. We like a small high school in Oklahoma. We like, a, we like to keep it tight. Yeah, I think that's good. But your whole entire graduating class was 210. Yeah. Yeah, mine was 121. I think it might have been 209. I think I might be inflating it a little. Mm, it's okay. Do you, I knew, and I could probably, if I think about it hard enough, at least for sure 10 years ago, could have listed almost every single person in my graduating class. So my 10-year reunion this year. Whoa. Uh, looking at the guest list, who are all these people? Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I could probably, if you sat and asked me to recite people I graduated with, I could probably get to 15. I mean, you know, you don't have to know everyone. I mean, I went through K through 12 with... First through 12 for me, with pretty much all of them. I just... Two tens a lot. I don't know if I can list two ten, like 210 people that I know currently in my life. That's a lot. It's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh, but I was saying Columbia, Missouri has like... See, I don't know... The University of Missouri in there is there, and they have like thirty thousand. So I think Columbia is like two hundred thousand people. Interesting. But Burke County, yeah, Morganton, sixteen thousand. See, I was thinking maybe like nine. I maybe am. Oh. I maybe am not giving it enough credit. I don't know. But regardless, <laughs> it's cool. It is cool. I mean, we are rural. Yeah. All this to say, we are in a rural area. I am used to rural. You are not. Yeah. So that's you discovering that we're resilient. And, you know, like, the rhythms are different. Mm. And I think that comes back to you're like, hey, guys, is this going somewhere? Yes. Yes, it is going somewhere. <laughs> um, Hannah and I and our friend Ashley talk in our DNA group a lot about this idea of rhythms of grace, mm -hmm. which is from the message. Um, and it is... In Matthew, where Jesus is basically telling his followers, "Hey, if you're tired, mm -hmm. you're burned out, you're not you're not doing great with all this, come to me, and I will give you rest, and I will teach you the rhythms of grace, the unforced, unforced of grace." To which we said, "We don't have any idea what that means." What is that? Sounds what like it could mean? be helpful. Mm -hmm. So that's what we want to lean into, and we want to explore not just in the sense of. You know, what did that mean in first in the first century? Uh, mm -hmm. But what does that mean in Morganton in 2020? Exactly. What are the rhythms of grace for our community and for our friends and for our neighbors? Even just like on a Sunday afternoon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what we're hoping to get into with this. That is why we are in your ears right now, uh, because we want to just think about that together. Mm -hmm. We want to continue to grow because... It's been a really hard year. Man. And I'm not, I'm hopeful for 2021. Um, sure. But a little realistic that I think it's going to be, it's going to continue to be hard and yeah. look different. And different doesn't have to be bad. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. adjusting to new rhythms can be a challenge. And I right. think like that's where 
so much grace comes in. Having grace for ourselves, mm. having grace for each other. Mm-hmm. Those things are not always particularly easy to do. We're going to talk about different themes mm-hmm. and then kind of dig into what those themes look like. So the first theme that we want to talk about is community. Because, man, if there's a word for 2020. There's a lot of words that we could <laughs> use for 2020. But like an optimistic word. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think 2020 has revealed a lot about community and stretched a lot mm-hmm. about community. Yeah, and we kind of want to dig into what are different facets of mm-hmm. community that we see in each other, um, in culture, um, in our larger community of Morganton, North Carolina. Yeah. And what does it look like to, you know, get ready for community in 2021? Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. In March, we were all a little surprised by what was happening in the world. Yeah. But we are well into November <laughs> So it is time to put some thought into what do we want those rhythms to be? Mm-hmm. We don't want to just get swept away in them forever because at some point you say, this is the way it's going to be. So how do I move forward in this? Okay. So within the series that we do, we're going to do some different episodes digging into our theme from different angles. And the first angle that we're going to look at is what does culture and media say about this topic? Mm-hmm. And this is a fun one because, man, there's a lot of things about community in the culture. We talked about a lot of options for this one. We did. But it, we quickly, quickly decided to use a TV show. Obviously. That we agreed on. Obviously. <laughs> and um, we picked Parks and Rec. Obviously. <laughs> now, if you've never seen this show... Maybe spoiler alert. (laughs) Here's the thing. It's been five years since Parks and Rec ended. Come on. You might be spoiled. (laughs) Uh, I cannot promise you a spoiler-free listening experience today. Right. But Jen has this um, formula because it starts out a little slow. I do. And you're a little like, I'm not sure about this show. Where do you recommend people starting? Yeah, there is a rhythm of grace oh. to uh, initiating Parks go. and Rec viewership. Here we go. Okay, there's one of two things that you can do. One is more simple. The simple thing, start at, episode, or start at season three. Mm-hmm. That's going to get you a lot of the way there. There is a better formula, which is that you begin in season two in the episode called Freddy Spaghetti. <laughs> And I'm just going to tell you that's the place to start. It's fine to start in season three. It's fine. I started in season three, episode two, which is called Flu Season. Oh, that is like one of my favorites. Yeah. I was very down on Parks and Rec. Oh, I mean, I started season one, episode one. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, but I'm such a big fan that I am down for the first season. Oh, no. See, but that's that's part of the formula. You get in. Mm Mm-hmm. You you watch and then you go back for the beginning absolutely because I mean you get to see Andy Dwyer tackle a possum, yeah and that Mark Brandanowitz yeah Who, Mark Brandana quits <laughs> Mark Brandana quits he Hannah. did he did quit um yeah that, that's sort of a weird arc but here's here's the reason if you know me very well at all I don't like to consume media in which I do not care about the characters that is how I roll I think that's healthy. I agree. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch a movie where everyone in it is not someone I would want to hang out with. I want to be rooting for someone, and I think we all do. Yeah, and that's a community thing, right? Like that's yeah. part of what draws us into Parks and Rec. Is like, man, 
man, we want April and Andy to be together. Yeah. And I mean, the show, if you really have not watched this show, it is, if you haven't gathered, about a group of coworkers that work in a parks and rec department in their small, rural, there's that rule, full circle back, um, community in Pawnee, Indiana. And is there anything more Morganton than a show about government employees? I think not. I say that as a government employee right. with, you know, all the love in the world for the state of North Carolina. Absolutely. But I think it's interesting because if you're a nerd like I am <laughs> and you read about some of the things about the making of Parks and Rec and what went into building this show, you discover pretty quickly that it was not super popular when it started airing, which was 2008 or nine, I believe. I think they were actually shocked that they were, that they carried on. Yeah, they, they were it, signed it was or something. frequently like pre-canceled, almost yeah. canceled. Yeah. And now, what do we do? We love this show. Yeah. It got the uh, COVID weird Zoom treatment. Which oh, it did. Is another discussion entirely. Yeah. But it's a it's a popular show. What makes people come back to this show? Well, people like to binge watch this show. Mm-hmm. People like to watch this show and have Valentine's Day parties. Yes, which we have had. Which we have had. That was one of the first times we hung out. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I bought pasta that was shaped like hearts. Yeah, you did. Good times. Yeah, but you like this last year. Oh man, that was February 2020. It was right before all this happened to us. You had like, sh- what are they called? Sashes. Sashes. Got those at a bachelorette party that was Parks and Rec themed. It was perfect. So you were, you were into it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it sort of just happened to me, to be mm-hmm, honest, but mm-hmm. I'll take it. Me too. But it's about that idea of, like we were talking about with podcasts earlier, you almost start to feel like these people are my friends. Yeah. You're a part of their lives. It's like, oh, I work here too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that speaks to the fact that, man, sometimes we're lonely people. And we want that community where something interesting happens and the other characters have our backs. And Mm -hmm. like our stories are a part of a narrative that's about more than just our personal narrative. Like we're a part of some sort of interesting plot that's developing into something. Like what we do matters. Like day Mm -hmm. in day out who we are what we experience like it like it means something Mm -hmm. and I feel like that show is that you know it's like a very small town and they're just trying to like clean up the park and like build a park Mm -hmm. which seems so small but they want to do it together absolutely and I think like I mean that's what we all want we all Mm -hmm. want for the things about us that we don't like to end up being funny or end up being endearing. We want community that doesn't try to make us be a certain way, but celebrates the way that we are and like makes us feel more like ourselves. And yeah, we, I think we try to find that with culture sometimes. And that's not always bad, mm-hmm. but there probably are other ways for that rhythm to flow into our lives. Absolutely. There's a deeper longing that when your friend never texts you back or your coworkers don't throw you a going away party or um, you you fail someone else, like Mm -hmm. there's just a kind of a letdown there. Sure. And, you know, what do we do with that? Mm -hmm. And what do we do when our communities don't look like that? How Mm -hmm. do we embrace the rhythms we have and and search for that deeper community mm-hmm. within that. Because, I mean, that's the other thing about Parks and Rec. Like, 
they, they're people who look different. They're mm-hmm. different stages of life, different races, different genders, different, and they all work together and it's great. Mm-hmm. You get a little messy. A little messy. <laughs> a little messy. Sometimes our lives don't feel that scripted, I guess. Yeah, sometimes it's just messy. <laughs> um, so part of what we want to talk about this is what deeper longings is this show showing us? Like, mm-hmm. what are we learning about culture by watching culture love Parks and Rec? And really, love it more the less relevant it becomes. Mm-hmm. I mean, because here's the thing. There are some things in Parks and Rec that aged, you know, interestingly. Joe Biden character in Parks and Rec. He was. As himself. As himself. Leslie Nope loses her mind. (laughs) Absolutely loses her mind. Um, And I remember reading about the creation of this show and how really a lot of the inspiration was this idea of in 2008, there was a presidential election and everyone was talking about hope and change. Mm -hmm. And they thought, wouldn't it be cool to do a show where people are hopeful Mm-hmm. They're working for change mm-hmm. and hijinks ensue. And I think about why do we love this show so much in 2020? Well, I mean, that resonates on so many levels. Absolutely. Like I started from the very beginning and I was like, oh, 2020 is the pit. <laughs> like literally we're all in the pit. Sure. <laughs> Sleeping in a tent, fighting a raccoon for food. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we're attracted to that spirit of, what if we were a little more hopeful? Mm -hmm. What if we really thought we could change something? Because they actually do in the show. And I think that a lot of times we get like, well, who are we? Like, can we really create something different? Can we really build something new here? And I find myself even discouraged thinking that, like, I don't know. I don't know if would people join me? Do I have enough to say? Like, even thinking of this podcast, like, do I have enough to say to bring anything to the table? Like, but in that show, they make stuff happen. They do. And I think like, it's not that bad things don't happen because that is something people get wrong about television shows. Mm-hmm. Bad things happen in Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Leslie Nope gets recalled by her town that she loves. Recall Nope. Don't. <laughs> but, um, you know, that things happen and she gets frustrated. Mm-hmm. She gets angry with her town and mm-hmm. or my favorite episode, yeah, is season 3. I'm not sure which episode, but it's called The Fight when her and Anne Perkins, um the beautiful unicorn jellyfish that she is, in Perkins. Anne Perkins. And Perkins. <laughs> uh, they get into a huge fight, their first real fight. Like I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Fight. And it's just I don't. I can't even put a finger on why it it is my favorite. I think it's of course because it all works out in the end, but it really pushes the characters to realize, wow, I don't want to be mad at you forever. What we're building is real. I actually really care about you because Leslie Nope is trying to like steamroll over Anne and like force her into this job, and Anna's like, I'm not even sure I want to do that. So there's a lack of communication. There is a lack of Anne being honest with her new friend. But, like, there's levels that they're digging deeper into their friendship. But it just comes to a peak with this fight. And, yeah, they are at a bar. Yeah, they drink a little bit too much. Ron Swanson is the best dancer (laughs) of all time. But they're there because they're supporting Tom. 
in this endeavor that he's trying to do. So that's a whole other aspect of community. When they're all like, I'm not interested in this at all, Tom. I don't really want to be here and support you or this thing. But actually, I do care about you, so I am going to show up. And I think, like, that's... This, the, the episode of the fight is almost when this group of people become friends. Because if you remember, this is like Ben's first time hanging out with the crew. Mm-hmm. He's this, kind of been the scary mean auditor who's at the edge of the gang. And he, mm-hmm. he comes to this event, which is hilarious. I know. Um, this is this conflict that happens not only between Anne and Leslie, but there's a conflict of, you know, Tom and the snake hole lounge. And what does that look like? And... What does Tom's relationship with Donna look like? Right. And is Ron going to endorse this thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, and Donna is on her juice cleanse, which yes, Chris Trigger has also done that. So there's another little connection they have that you would never put those two people together. That's like this misfit ragtag group of people. They're like, oh, you're doing this juice cleanse? I've done that juice cleanse. You find common ground. And let's not forget, this is the initial appearance of Burt Macklin, <laughs> which... Such a gift from Chris Pratt and Andy Dwyer. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. That's awesome. But in the midst of all of these things, like we start to see these characters, and I think that's what a rewatch is so good for. Mm -hmm. We see these characters that we have already learned to love, learning to love each other. Mm -hmm. And it's comforting that it doesn't always look perfect. Right. And I think we don't always hold ourselves to that standard. Yeah, because it doesn't always work out like sitcoms, you know, in our real life. Because, I mean, the episode ends, spoiler alert, <laughs> they they realize, like, Anne and Leslie make up, and they find a way for Anne to take on this new job, because Leslie knows how good she would be at this job, and Anne doesn't, I like to think that Anne doesn't see it in herself. It's like she's not believing in herself enough, and Leslie, in pure Leslie note fashion, is like, I'm going to pour into you, I'm going to pour everything into you, and, like, build you up, but sometimes it's a little much. They find a common ground, and Leslie, like, supports her even more and Anne supports Leslie even more I mean it works out in the end but that doesn't mean you can't just ignore that the fight happened right and I would argue Leslie and Anne better friends as a result of this fight absolutely and I think you know in our own community you know okay so this is great this episode is funny and Mm -hmm. it is funny like don't it is a funny episode but what does this mean for us like rhythms wise I mean I think I mean Hannah and I are friends and there was a time probably not that long ago when Hannah was like, hey, Jen, you maybe work too much. That might be a real thing. Sure. Um, and, you know, like when those moments happen and when mm-hmm. our friends see things about us, mm-hmm. like how do we respond not just with grace to say, oh, you might be right, and then just not take it into account. Mm-hmm. But how do we receive that fact that in community, like sometimes we don't see things that other people see in us? Yeah. And sometimes that's a gift that we give to each other. Yeah, because it could be, a, um, you know, something we need to work on. Mm-hmm. But it also could be, like, an amazing encouragement that we just are not, that we're neglecting but, to notice. Yeah, and a real community doesn't pull those punches. Mm. Like, if Leslie hears that this job is open and is just like, meh, mm. Anne would probably be great at that. But you know what? I don't really want to harsh our vibe. We're buds. If I push her on this, she might get mad at me. I mean, that's fine, and they would probably continue to be fine friends, but really having that conversation and seeing each other and being honest with each other, mm-hmm. they're better friends. Absolutely, and I, I probably would say they know how to communicate better Sure, from it. And not just with each other either. Mm. I mean, 
You think about Leslie's relationship with Ben, learning to not be a steamroller. Exactly. Yeah. It, it takes her a while <laughs> to learn that. Like seven seasons, <laughs> give or take. So, yeah. Good episode. Good episode. What's one of your favorites? Well, my favorite is called The Comeback Kid, mm. which is an episode about an election. Uh, mm. This is when Leslie Nope is running for city council. And her friends decide that they are going to help her. That's right. And it goes so poorly. <laughs> Everything goes wrong, right? The scene that you're going to know from this episode is uh, the gang walking on an ice skating rink, attempting to get onto a very small stage uh, with a three-legged dog. <laughs> champion. Champion is peeing on Ron. Champion <laughs> is actively peeing on Ron. And the song, yeah. Get On Your Feet. Yeah. That's, Get up and make a difference. Yeah. It's a very upbeat song. Mm-hmm. And it's it's almost this moment. And I think what I love about this episode is it's this moment of optimism. Leslie is doing something she's dreamt of all her life. Right. She has people around her who are supporting her, who are fighting for her. And that's supposed to feel so good. Like we're that's yeah. supposed to be a moment of triumph. And then here she is mm. on the ice. About to fall in front of everyone that she knows. Because the red carpet was too short. But it was a very luxurious walk. Short, (laughs) but luxurious. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel as if Leslie never blames them. Yes. Does she? I think I would probably give her like a 98% on never blaming them. I mean, there is one point they're all in the locker and they're like, let's just go karaoke. Like, let's give up. And of course, Ann Perkins. She pulls them together. The exception to that being what Leslie really does is blame Jerry. Well, <laughs> when Jerry comes through, <laughs> Jerry pulled a Jerry and came through with like 200 people there. But I think, you know, it's easy to think, okay, so I want to do this thing. My community rallies behind me and it's exciting. And even if it doesn't look perfect, it's still cool. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, sometimes it can feel like you are at a small town ice rink with 200 people watching you fall on your face from the bleachers. There are no steps up to the stage. (laughs) It's just, it's a lot. Right. Like, really go watch it. It's like a 30-second clip. If Mm -hmm. you just Google Parks and Rec, Leslie falls on the ice. It's the best. There. It's there for you. But she's not alone, is she? She's not. There it is. And also, we have to, at some point, have that Leslie Nope optimism of this community can achieve something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't think I always have that. I definitely don't. Especially in the midst of 2020. Sure. But I mean, just that optimism of, because Leslie really has, as she does, a plan. Of course, and probably a binder that's oh, color-coded. And- I'm sure. <laughs> but I mean, like, she's having Ron build the stage because mm-hmm. that's something he's gifted in. And she has, you know, a truck that they're going to drive. And they have a poster that they're going to hang and they're going to mm-hmm. have a red carpet going mm-hmm. up to the stage. They're going to have someone dunk a basketball, which That's right. What's his name? Oh, I am not sure what oh, his name is. I it's not, De- it's not dead love Shrev because he's an actual basketball player that they interact with, but they have all these plans for everyone to do the thing that they're best at and mm-hmm. fire on all cylinders. And everybody tries And everybody does sort of middling to poor. But on the end of the day, Leslie is on the stage. And spoilers. She defeats Paul Rudd. Yes, she does. In the city council election. His name is not Paul Rudd in the show. It's Bobby Newport. Bobby Newport. Bobby Newport. (laughs) 
<laughs> you have to watch the show, guys. You really do. You really do. She does. So, like, this small instance, which was probably horrifying, as in embarrassing, and probably thought she was done with the election. We're done. We're over with. She won. She did. You know, the guy who tried to dunk the basketball on the ice rink, it was a poor choice by him to make that effort. Yes. And I also have, I hate ice skating. Hate it. Yes. Because you're going to fall and someone's going to skate over your finger and cut it off. Yeah. Easily, easily. But I actually don't like rollerblading either. I think it's a balance issue that I have. Hmm. I have to use the little kid um, (laughs) walker in front of me. Like, I can't physically walk on the ice. Mm -hmm. But I just don't think it's that hard to walk on ice. It can't be that hard. I mean, I'm a clumsy person. I can see how this would be hard. Carrying champion. Well, sure. sure. But dunking, can you imagine dunking? Yeah, it was, it was a poorly informed choice. I mean, I could, I could draw you the physics of it, but you're not going to dunk a basketball with no coefficient of friction under your feet. Exactly. And granted, it was never supposed to be an ice rink. Right. Right? Right. It's the, one of those things, I think, where they changed out the uh-huh. floor, mm-hmm. and they just had to deal with the ice floor. Maybe it was poor planning or something. Is the ice floor the worst of all the floors? And the answer is yes. What about a lava floor? The floor is lava. I'm thinking of floors that are actually utilized. Oh, okay. A lava floor, probably worse. No, absolutely. I don't know. Ice is so cold. Can't decide. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, this group of people are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But their community gives them all a better outcome in their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, April finds a job she loves. Andy... Loves April. Yeah. Ben finds a home after being itinerant for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Chris and Anne. Chris and Anne. Find each other. Mm-hmm. Move away. Make a it baby. Works for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Ron Swanson stays more the same than he should, but does have some character development. Absolutely. Donna. Oh, Donna. She 100% stays the same. No. Huge arc for Donna. She goes from treat yourself to teach yourself. Mm. Huge character growth. All right. I I give you that. Tom Haverford is not a character I'm a fan of. But I'm glad he's there. Yeah. I'm glad he's there. Jerry becomes the mayor. The mayor. Which is insane, actually. That's actually insane. And has the most beautiful family you can ever imagine. It is actually the most functional of all the characters. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yes. I feel like he's pretty secure in who he is, too. Like, despite everything. But despite the fact that this crew is not kind of like a sitcom, it is a sitcom. Yeah. Is having just constantly ridiculous things happen to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the process of doing it together makes them all better. And the, the process of them becoming better, doesn't. it's not only good for them. I mean, look at Pawnee. Pawnee becomes like a, like a real place. Yeah. I mean, and they get, they have a national park and they have free internet and they accomplish all these things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's the dream for community. As we make each other better, do we make the people around us and the communities around us better? Right. And it's, you know, some, this show does kind of paint it as a romanticized version though. Sure. They really wanted to leave Leslie in this episode. And yeah. just, um, like, literally everyone was like, yeah, let's just not do this anymore. Yeah. You know? And yeah. if that was me, I think that would have really hurt me if my friends would have been like, 
you know, we believed in you, but like not anymore. Like this is not going to go anywhere. Like let's not fight for this anymore. But that, that actually can happen in real life, right? Sure. People let us down. Sure. So that's where we can see how the gospel, right? Man, absolutely. Absolutely. Because here is, I think, where ultimately any TV show, any podcast eventually leaves us needing to binge the next thing. Yes. It's that as much as we love watching the Parks and Rec crew build a park, at the end of the day, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. Even this community that we think, oh, I wish I lived there. Oh, I wish those were my friends. Oh, I wish like I could have a life like this. Ultimately, we're still frustrated and we still get Mm -hmm. recalled from the city council position. And, you know, we still have things that we're not satisfied with that hurt us, that make us sad. And it's just never enough. Right. Not fully satisfying. Yeah. And in a way, like, that's, I think, the beautiful part of storytelling and culture is whether Mike Schur knows it or not, Mm -hmm. this show he created points us toward the fact that there is a more perfect community. Every story ever told, I I fully believe, points back to the grandest, the most grand story. Yeah, and it doesn't mean, oh, we should not, you know, engage in any stories that are not, Mm -hmm. you know. The Bible. Right, or, you know, some sort of Christianized version of a sitcom. and Sure. But instead, like, we affirm when we see stories told. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we're like Paul on Mars Hill, and we say that that you see right there, that's true, and I will tell you an even more excellent way. Mm-hmm. It's a shadow of, of something greater. Absolutely. Right? It's a taste of something sweeter mm-hmm. that only Christ can offer, that he can offer in himself fully alone, period, but also in his church, right? Yeah. In his people. I mean, and I'll just speak as a uh, recent transplant, although less recent than you, which is weird. But I mean, when I moved to Morganton, I was just like we talked about in Matthew, what Jesus says, I was tired and burnt out and worn out on community and on a lot of things. And I was lonely. I didn't know a lot of people here. It was a hard season in my life. But ultimately, there was no amount of media that I could consume Mm. that would make that not be true. Mm -hmm. And granted, I consumed a lot of media. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's different when you see this idealized thing and you think, I want that, Mm -hmm. versus when you have people around you and you say, not I want this thing for myself, but I want you. Mm. And I'm going to fight for you because in Christ, like, we have each other. Right. I think that's an important thing to think about because when we search for a perfect Christian community, I think we kind of end up lonely. Because we can't find it. Because if you join it, then it's not perfect. Yeah, exactly. Because you're not perfect. That's right. That's right. Leslie Nope is not even perfect. Right. But when we really embrace authentic community and when we love each other enough to mention the things that we see Mm -hmm, about each other mm -hmm. when we love each other enough to even when we're not seeing the vision to join in the vision I think the other piece of that is we know our friends our neighbors our culture is hungry for that and so we can be that a beacon of that like Mm -hmm. the church shouldn't be having to turn to parks and rec for a picture of authentic community Mm. the church should be projecting 
a community that makes people say, I want to I be want a that. part of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never, I've never seen anything like that or don't get me wrong. It can be uncomfortable. Like, sure. Jen, like there have been times in my life where Jen's like, Hey, Hannah, maybe, maybe you should start seeing your counselor. <laughs> I think your anxiety is a little too high. And I have to just be like, you're right. You know, it, it's, it's that loving push because Jen cares about me. Jen cares about my greater good, my welfare, because it in turn is your welfare. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that is not, that is a sacrificial thing mm-hmm. to choose to say this lie of I'm in it for me. I take care of myself. And at the end of the day, if I'm okay, then I'm okay. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're going into community like that, you are not going to find what you're looking for. Right. But choosing to say it impacts me if Hannah's having a hard time. Mm. It impacts me if my friends need things. It impacts the way I live my life, not because I'm codependent or not because I need everyone around me to be happy all the time, but because we belong to each other. Right. That's what we're called to as the little C church and as the big C church. Absolutely. And so what does that look like for us to choose to lay down this idol of comfort and control where if I take care of my own things, everything turns out okay for me and say, I'm going to chase abundance and like Mm. higher highs, knowing that like there's going to be lows too, that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And also I I think that we can kind of see this and I would love to just maybe affirm what we see in Parks and Rec, what I would hope and plea that the church is also showcasing is acceptance as in, oh, but they don't, you don't know how sinful I really am. You don't know like the thoughts I actually think sometimes, or you don't know what I've actually done, or you're just going to think I'm weird or awkward and I don't always know what to say, or I dress funny. Like there are some odd characters in Parks and Rec. And I think it just, you're robbing yourself. You're believing the lie that like God's grace is not big enough for you. Because that's something at Quorum Deo that we really always try to say is <laughs> we do not have it all together. And I will be the first to say I'm probably the most prideful person you'll ever meet. <laughs> Pretty stubborn. That's my husband. But it just opens up more doors for deeper and deeper relationships and brotherhood and sisterhood when we are vulnerable, vulnerable with each other. And we're not afraid. Yeah. And so if you're listening to this, you probably know us because... Honestly, I'm not really sure how else you would be here, but hello. Hey. Um, and you're thinking like, okay, cool. I hear you. Mm-hmm. It checks out biblically. <laughs> the church has failed to be that for me. Mm. I hear you, friend. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, I have spent a lot of my life in that place. Here is my challenge to you. The church is going to hurt your feelings. And it's going to do it in ways that are good for you. And it's also just people are going to hurt your feelings because people are sinful. Right. And people are going to let you down. Mm -hmm. People are going to not be there Mm -hmm. when you think they should be there. And that's not anyone's favorite thing. But friend, it is worth it. Yes. To embrace this idea of, I'm going to try this. And if you're thinking like, okay, but... I try and then like, how does this even work? Like, what do I do with my kids? What do I do with like, you know, how do I bring all of these things about myself into community Mm -hmm. and have it be sustaining? It feels like it never works for me. 
I mean, my challenge to you is sometimes it's easier to find what, like, just like in Leslie's, you know, city council campaign, everybody has a role, right? Like she needs someone to build the stage and Mm -hmm. someone to have the carpet and someone to flirt with the basketball player. And, you know, everybody has a job. And that's how the church is designed to be. And that's why we're called to work. And that's why we're called to support one another. And so if you're not sure where you fit, because I feel that way sometimes. I'm like, I don't know, like, are these people my friends? Am Mm -hmm. I like, if you're not sure where you fit, find a place where they need someone and just meet the need. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the best ways to build real relationships is have a common goal. I mean, Parks and Rec is not about a bunch of people just like hanging out. Right. It's about people who are trying to build a park. Yeah. Make the city a better place. And yeah. So what's what's the vision? What's the goal? And then like jump in, mm-hmm. get your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. It creates ownership, right? Absolutely. And it will make you more vulnerable. And that's good. It is good. It's hard though. I get it. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> Worth it. So we thought about ending this series well this I'm sorry this episode I should say on the cultural aspects of community and we thought about some book recommendations that um, either both Jen and I have read which we have read these books that we that Jen will recommend um, but Jen is way more of a reader than I am and also building a playlist yeah because here's the thing we don't want to be afraid of the culture like we were saying we want to look at it and affirm the things about it that are true and that point us to the true story of the gospel. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to throw out things to you guys that we feel like underscore this theme that we've been talking about, about community. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be good. So, book recommendations. Mm -hmm. Fiction option for you. The Water Dancer by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Great book. Challenging book. And... If you've read this book, you might be thinking, huh, community is not the first thing that jumps out at me when I read that book, to which my answer would be a couple things. (laughs) Uh, The first thing is, I think one of the themes that this book really ties into is this idea of identity. We are more than the sum of our experiences, and our identity is about more than what we personally have done. We need reminders of the people who have gone before us and the people who are, Mm. even if they're not physically present, the people who are a part of our stories and the people who are physically present. The power of that kind of community in this story, the power of people who have experienced similar struggles, have a similar goal, have a similar just passion and understanding of the world. Mm -hmm. This, this story really tells you about how those bonds can transcend ordinary experience. And, you know, in a way, it's a fiction book. But it, I think it really speaks to this longing we have to be a part of something. I would agree. Great book. Mm-hmm. Super highly recommend. You should write, like, an official review. That was a great review for it. Hey, thanks. <laughs> um, nonfiction book wreck. We went very classic on this one. You've heard of this book. Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Classic. Oh, boy. Classic. If you want to just read about community, this is the book. The kind of community that pursues a common goal with 
all kinds of vision, the kind of community that withstands, honestly, mm-hmm. more than you've had to withstand in your life. Yeah. Just, just going to shoot you straight. Yeah. All the people in both these books we've recommended, more problems than we have, even 2020, even in 2020. 2020 can't touch it. No. And in Life Together, really, it it's not that moment of this rhymes with the gospel, which love it when things rhyme with the gospel. Mm-hmm. Life Together is just the gospel. Yeah. And it's just this idea of we are Christ for one another. We are, our, our community is capable of pointing ourselves toward Jesus, to mm-hmm. of pointing the people around us toward Jesus. And it's short, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bonhoeffer can be a little wordy, <laughs> but this is a very accessible. It's good for you. Yeah. And then I built uh, a playlist of, I don't know, it, it says it's an hour and six minutes long. I think 12, 13 songs is what I picked. Cool. Tried to stick around an hour, I guess. And it's under my official Spotify name, which is Hands Bananas. Glasses. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Jen gave me that nickname, Hands Bananas. I love nicknames. I love it too. Um, I specifically picked a name for our son that would have 15 nicknames. Yes. The correct nickname, by the way, Sammo. Like Sammo, but yeah, that's the correct one. Other ones are fine. Other ones are fine. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it's titled Rhythms of Grace Community Playlist. I made it public. Maybe we can link it. Maybe we can link the books. In the show notes. We definitely can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Um, Hannah, what kind of songs are on there? Okay. I really worked hard to pick a variety of songs with different genres so that maybe anyone could take a listen and put this on while you're eating lunch or doing the dishes or love it on your kids. Like, just put it on the background. Now, I did decide to put a little uh, upbeat hardcore song in there, but I'm just going to let you find it. Interesting. Not a lot of, I don't even think there's any yelling in it, but it's, it's, it's fun, and I'm just going to let you find it. I tried to find songs that had this common theme of community. And it's not even just, a lot of the titles do have the words we or us, but that makes it so communal, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just about you. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and that's why it's really cool to think even about the songs that we sing at church. Like it's not really all about us. Like today we sang. I'd be lost, I'd be lost without you, Jesus. And the next line is like, we'd be lost, we'd be lost without you, Jesus. And it just makes it like a communal worship together. You know, one of them is Sarah McCracken, We Will Feast in the House of Zion. Like what a beautiful song, what a beautiful picture of what is to come. Some other songs that just have this idea of like being chosen, being adopted, family. There's literally one called Communion, so... That's, that's that's what we built. I've never built a playlist in my life. And I just have very bad taste in music. So I listened to the same 17 songs um, just on an infinite loop. Really? Yeah. I, I like maybe 30 songs. Do you think 10 of them are Taylor Swift? If I like 30 songs, 15 of them are Taylor Swift. Wow, that's half. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've told you when I did my Spotify like 10 years uh-huh. back or whatever... Every year, Taylor Swift was number one. T-Swift. Lin-Manuel Miranda, often number two. John Mayer is is mine. Uh, Hannah has better taste in music than me, and that's something I have to live with every day. Just different. But also, you read more than I do. Yeah. So that is the differences in our friendship. And that's community, friends. That bring us together. Some of us read. 
Some of us listen to music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of us live their lives in the real world, which is different. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Yes. We are going to be back mm-hmm. next time mm-hmm. with continuing the discussion on community. Mm-hmm. But specifically, we're going to move from talking about culture to talking about the idea of community locally and what that looks like for us. In Morganton, North Carolina. Get stoked. I hope that this discussion today has helped you understand the gospel better. Because that's our hope. It's the whole thing, guys. It's a hope. And if you are feeling lost, tired, worn out, there's a place for you here. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Quorum Deo podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or our website, quorumdeonc.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram for a bigger picture inside the life of the church. Grace and peace be with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.